0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Well, if you have your Bibles this evening, open them up with me for a few moments. I want to go to the book of 2 Samuel this evening. 2 Samuel. Second Samuel. I'm going to begin reading verse 9. 2 uh, Samuel chapter 9. I'm sorry. 2 Samuel chapter 9. 2 Samuel chapter 9, I'll be reading from the New King James translation, and I'll begin reading at verse 1, 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1. If you you got it, say, I'm there. If you don't have it, say, I'm on my way. Lord Jesus, it's taking you so long. (laughs) I'm just playing. I'm just playing. (laughs) They should have it on the screen for all of those that are on their way. If you would just humble yourself and go to the content, you'd be able to find it. (laughs) Let me help you. It's on page 457 in my Bible. Here we go. 2 Samuel chapter 9, beginning at verse 1. Here we go. It said this, Now David said, Is there anyone who is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan? Notice that. And that word kindness is also translated covenant faithfulness. In other words, I'm going to be faithful to a covenant that I made. And then there... And there was a servant of the, na- of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him to David, the king said to him, Are you Z- Ziba? He said, At, at your service. Notice that, to that. At your service. Then the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. So the king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, Indeed, he is in the house of Mature, the son of Amiel, the son of Emiel, in Lodibar. Then King David sent and brought him out of the house of Mature, the son of Amiel from Lodibar. That's a mouthful. Now, when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Here is your servant. So David said to him, Do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and I will restore to you all the land of your grandfather. And you shall eat bread at my table continually. Notice that, and you shall eat bread at my table continually in my bible maybe some of yours are, are sim, uh, similar but at the top of my page when you read throughout different chapters at the top it kind of gives you subtopics or subtitles of what the reading is about and on the top of mine it says david is kind to to mephibosheth any bible body have the same thing in their bible I want to talk to you about that because if you notice that throughout this text that I read, the verses that we read over and over from the first verse all the way down, there's a repeating word that we see, and it's the word kindness. And David said, he said, Is there anyone who is left in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And I want to talk to you about that just for a few moments. I want to just talk about the kindness of a king, the kindness of the king. Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this time. We thank you for the opportunity. I pray over the next few moments, Holy Spirit, that you would just take your word and make it real in our hearts. Holy Spirit, bring revelation, bring insight, bring impact. I pray that there would be a voice within my voice, that the people not hear me, but they would hear you. I thank you that your grace is more than enough. And for this, I give you praise in Jesus name. Amen. In this particular text in 2 Samuel chapter 9, if you read the preceding chapter in verse 8, you will realize that David had just conquered, finished battling and conquering the Philistines to secure his home and his throne in Gath. And the Bible said that during this battle, Saul, the former king and his son, David, had been killed by the Philistines and after this battle it's, it's amazing that you would think of one of the things that, that David may have had on his mind was what kind of regime am i about to set up, what kind of laws, what kind of legislature, what am I about to do concerning my reign and concerning my kingdom and how I'm, I'm about to go about ruling. I've just secured, i just defe- de- defeated the enemy. You would think that uh, that it would be these types of things that would be on David's mind or the king's mind But the Bible said here in verse one that after he secured the victory and after after the dust had settled and the battle had been won, it wasn't his reign that he was necessarily focusing on or thinking about. The Bible said the first thing that he was thinking about was who can I show kindness to that word kindness in the first verse there, as I said, is translated covenant faithfulness. In other words, who can I show faithfulness to? He said in verse 1, he said, Is there still anyone in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? What is he referring to? If you go back and study in 1 Samuel chapter 20, the Bible said that David and Jonathan made a covenant. And listen to the words. Jonathan said, And you shall not only, listen to this, show me kindness Show me the kindness of the Lord while I still live that I may not die, but you shall not cut off your kindness from the house, from my house forever. No, not when the Lord has cut off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. And verse 16 says, so Jonathan made a covenant with the house of david saying let the lord require it at the hand of david's enemies and it was this covenant that david the first thing came to his mind it said it's now it's time for me to remain faithful to the covenant that i had made with jonathan i love david's attitude here i love his heart and his passion toward a covenant that he made With Jonathan. In other words, he said, I didn't just make an agreement. I didn't just sign a contract. But when we entered into a covenant, it was something that was binding. It was something that would last forever. It would be something that no matter the circumstances, no matter the situation that I am not going to break this covenant. And maybe sometimes that I wish that we would really get a... This is something we really need to get a hold to in our marriages in 2016. That when we walk down the aisles and we say I do to a covenant partner, it's not a contract that we're making. It's not just some agreement before people, but according to the word of God, it is a covenant that we are making before God that we ought to remain faithful to, that we ought to remain true to, that would not come hell or high water I'm not I don't just have a partner for a wife I just don't have a friend for a husband but this is my covenant we are together we are in it what God put together let no man put asunder I know that's not shouting stuff but I'm telling you that covenants in the eyes of God are real and they are serious and he takes them serious the Bible said that that King David said I'm looking To show kindness, understand the normal response in a situation like this, that normally most kings after a battle that they would do everything to eradicate the entire family that they had defeated, just for the sake that there may be some sort of uh, 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 some sort of uh, hostile takeover that may arise after the battle. But the Bible said David did just the opposite. David was looking to show kindness. He was not looking for revenge. The king is looking to show kindness. When you talk about kindness, it means goodness in action, gentleness in disposition, genuine in dealing with others. Our king's ultimate desire, Jesus Christ, is to show us kindness. And when I talk about kindness today, I know that that may... That that may shake some people because oftentimes we are, we 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 like to swing swing to the extreme of the God of judgment and don't get me wrong the Bible said behold the goodness and the severity of the Lord God is holy God is righteous come on God has a standard that He will not compromise but I want to tell you that before God wants to judge God wants to show kindness. He prefers kindness over judgment. He prefers kindness over chastising. He prefers kindness over wrath. Joel chapter 2 verse 13. You don't have to believe me. I'm gonna give you the word for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. And he relents from doing harm. Isaiah 54 8 with a little wrath. I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness, I have mercy on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. The original translation of the word kindness comes from the Greek word philanthropia, where we get the English word philanthropist. It means love for mankind, hospitality, readiness to help, benevolence, well-being of humanity, taking care and and taking care of and having thoughts toward others. Listen to what Titus 3 3 says. It says, for we ourselves were once foolish, disobedience, deceived, serving various lust and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But listen to this. But when the kindness and the love of God our savior toward man appeared not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he has saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the holy spirit did you hear what he said our, our former state that was so messed up and so bad, it said we had, to, we had not his kindness came on the scene. We would remain in that state of iniquity and sin. Notice who this kindness was directed to. Did you pick that up? The Bible said, is there still anyone who is left in the house of Saul? Isn't that something? Notice he said in the house of Saul, not in the house of Jonathan. What are you saying, Javon? In other words, you would thought he would have said the house of Jonathan, his friend, but he said the house of Saul, his enemy. Mm -hmm. You see, it's easy to show kindness to someone who's been kind to you. But the real test of character is can you really bless those that curse you? Can you really pray for those that despitefully use and persecute you? Can you really look at those with a right spirit and right heart who often have done you wrong? You see, a real sign of spiritual maturity is when you when you can kiss Judah and still call him friend, even though you know he's betrayed you. Mm -hmm. A real sign of maturity is that your kindness towards someone is not determined by their kindness towards you. In other words, I don't care how they treat me, but I'm not going to lower myself to the standards of ignorance and ugliness and meanness. Be mean, be nasty, be vile all you want to, but I have a king in me. And see, here's the thing. When you get a revelation of how, how kind he has been to you then you'll turn around and be kind to other people because there was because I'm thankful there was a time that I was nasty and I was vile and I was ugly and I was mean but he still showed kindness to me and if I am to be Christ-like I am to show kindness even if kindness is not shown to me oh can I get a big amen right there Some of you already mad. You're about to walk out. And I'm not talking about your spouses either. Notice it's easy to show kindness. You see, David said, I'm looking to show kindness to the house of Saul. I'm looking to show kindness even to the one that hasn't done me right and have done me wrong. But notice this, our King, the King of Kings, looks to show kindness. Hear these terms for all men. Can you hear me? All men all men, black men, white men, red men, blue men. Come on, come on, and women. I don't care when he said, see, all in the Greek means all, all men. Let me give you some scripture. Ezekiel thirty-three eleven. listen to this. He says to them, as I live, says the Lord, I have no pleasure, listen to God, in the death of the wicked. Ooh, that messed with some of us. I wish they just die and go to hell. They're just wicked, they're just wicked. Some of you said that, but listen, what God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live, turn, turn from your evil ways for you shall die. O house of Israel. Notice what he said. I even have no desire for the wicked to die. My heart for them is that they would turn from their wicked ways. First Timothy 2, 4 says, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. Second Peter 3, 9 says, I'm willing that none should perish, but all come to repentance. And John 3, 16 sums it all up. God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have. everlasting life we serve a king that says i want to show kindness to all men all women no matter what state or condition that they're in the kindness of the king is always on a mission jeremiah 31 3 says the lord has appeared unto me saying Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, listen to this, with loving kindness, I've drawn you. I'm not drawing you with judgment. I'm not drawing you with condemnation. I'm not drawing you with hatred. He said, the way that I draw you is by loving you. The way that I draw you is telling you how much I am for you and not how much I am against you. I may be against the sin, but I am for you. God, we need that message today. He said, my loving kind con- is constant. I'm constantly drawing you, drawing you, pulling you, and pulling you. And then it goes on to say in Psalms 103, who redeems our life from destruction, who crowns you with loving and kindness and tender mercy. Psalm 63:3 says, Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you over and over. We see throughout the word of God, the mission of the kindness of God. Is always to draw people to him. The Bible said that David asked again. Is there still not someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba, a servant from the house of the Lord said to him, he said, there's still one. There's one that's left. And notice the scripture said, didn't initially call him by name. There's one that's left who's lame in his feet. Notice that. Lame in his feet. And David said, where is he? Notice the response. And he said to the king, indeed, he is in the house of Matcher, the son of Emiel in Lodibar. And he said, go get him. This man's name, the scripture said, was Mephibosheth. He was the son of Jonathan. His name actually means lame. We are told that he was lame and crippled in both feet. And in 2 Samuel chapter 4, it tells us what happened. The Bible said that when Saul and Jonathan, when they heard that they had died in the war in the battle, that the servant that was designed to, as the keeper to watch over Mephibosheth, the Bible said that he, she grabbed him up and took off running for, to rescue him, to save him. But she tripped and dropped him, the Bible said, at five years old. And from that day on, Mephibosheth was lame or crippled in his feet. Notice that he didn't become crippled by something that he did, but he became crippled by what someone else had done to him. The Bible said that he was lame, watch this, because of a previous fall. In other words, he is paralyzed now in the present because of a fall in the past. He's immobile in the present because of a fall in the past. And I want to talk to some people today because the enemy would love to try to paralyze you in the present Because of a fall in the past. He would love to get you in guilt. He would love to get you in shame. He would love to get you in condemnation. He would love to continue to bring up your past and what used to be and what was. He would try to use your past to try to discredit your future. He would try to tell you the reason why you can't is because of what you did. But I'm here to declare to you today, you don't have to be paralyzed in your present because of something in your past because we serve a king that says I will show you kindness. The king of kings breaks condemnation. The king of kings breaks guilt and breaks shame and I don't have to be held hostage by what I did because when he hung on the cross he covered what I did by what he did when he shed his blood. Come on give Jesus a shout of praise and thank him that I'm not paralyzed in the Present because of a fall in the past. I want you to notice the Bible said that he was dropped. And if that wasn't enough, that he was lame, the scripture said. Notice his situation that it was that he was lame. But then the Bible says his location. It's one thing to be lame, but then the Bible said he was in Lodibar. Lame. And in Lodibar. What a horrible position. What do you mean by that? Lodibar was a detestable forgotten place. It was known as the place of of the howling wilderness. It was like a rejected society. It's where people came to live who were considered to be ostracized and alienated. One translation said it was the place that had no pasture a place that there was no hope, a place that there was no help. In Lodibar, you would find the unskilled, the uneducated, the ostracized, and those who people often scorned, those who people often turned their nose up, those who people often turned their back on. This was the place of Lodibar. It was nothing more than a place of a strange people. Lodibar was full of runaways, rejects, and outcasts. Imagine the condition of this young man. I'm lame is one thing. That's my situation. But now I'm in a horrible, that I, I'm in a horrible location. I'm lame and in Bar. But the thing about it, what I want you to see, what gets me, is that he didn't put himself there. What happened to him was a result of what someone else did to him. And what I want you to see that it wasn't his fault that he was lame. And it wasn't his fault that he was in Lodibar. But just so happened he became a victim of that circumstance by what somebody else did to him. And oftentimes this is the reality of life. There's people in this room under the sound of my voice who have become victims of circumstances that you had no control over some of you like 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 Mephibosheth you were dropped at a young age dropped by your father dropped by your mother dropped by abuse dropped by neglect. It's not what you did, but it's what others did to you. And you find and the enemy has tried over and over and over to keep trying to hold you back and keep bringing to your mind the time that you were dropped. He's trying to identify you in the present that you are lame and in loaded bar. You can never do anything great because you were dropped. You can never do anything significant because you are dropped. You can never achieve anything great for God because you're dropped. You were dropped by alcohol. You were dropped by the drugs. You were dropped by abuse. You were dropped by immorality. You were dropped by robbing and thieving. You were dropped dropped, dropped, and because you were dropped, there's nothing that you can do. I know what it feels like. For years, for years, even after God set me free and delivered me from all of my addictions, I battled that voice. I battled that voice of my past that says you could never do anything because of what you did when you were young. You could never do anything because of the things that you were dropped in. But I'm glad to declare today in Jesus' mighty name, you may be Lame in loaded bar. You may be in a place that you don't want to be but there is a king that knows how to come down right where you are and he's here today and he's not there to keep you down. He's not there to beat you up but he's there to show you kindness. The Bible said he lifts us up out of the dung hill. He lifts us up out of the mire clay and watch this and set our feet on solid ground. Can you give Jesus a shout of praise that he didn't leave you in Bar. oh he didn't leave me there understand the scripture goes on to say this now watch this it said this you ought to understand that Jesus is not intimidated by your lameness I don't know what your lameness is today. I don't know what your loaded bar is today. Because see, loaded bar was not just a place. Loaded bar can be a state of mind. Because see, the place was obvious of what was going on. But see, when loaded bar becomes a state of mind, it's not obvious. Because you can have a look on the outside, but have loaded bar on the inside. You can look like everything is going all all right on the outside, but inside I'm tormented inside. I'm depressed inside. I'm battling. I'm struggling inside. I'm hurting and I'm broken. You can you can look good on the outside, but have loaded bar on the inside lameness on the inside. But I want to tell you that we serve a God that is not intimidated with whatever lameness you might have today. The Bible said that He is the master and the expert of dealing with the lame. What do you mean, Javon? Matthew eleven five says, "The blind see. Watch this, and the lame walk." Matthew fifteen thirty says, "And the multitudes come to Him." came to him having with them the lame, the blind, the mute and the main and many others and they laid them down at his feet and he healed them all. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them all. No matter how long you've been in the position, understand that we serve a God that says, if you'll bring me your lameness, if you'll bring me your loaded bar, I am an expert of getting you back on your your feet again you don't have to have a look of joy you can have real joy on the inside you don't have to pretend to have peace you can have peace on the inside you don't have to look like everything is all right you can know that deep down in my soul everything is all right because i have a king that wants to show me kindness and i'm here to declare that the king can show you kindness today. See, no longer do you have to be lame. It's time for you to start walking in your destiny. It's time for you to start walking in your dreams. It's time for you to start walking in your vision. It's time for you to start walking in the call of God. It's time for you to start walking in peace again. It's time for you to start walking in joy again. It's time for you to start walking in passion again. I come to serve notice on the enemy. We're going to break every spirit of lameness today. We're not supposed to be tired, broke down, busted people walking around miserable. No, God's going to show you kindness and get a pep back in your step you're gonna stand up with your shoulders square and walk like you are a king's kid and royalty that you are he can put a pep back in your step now watch this David said this he said now Mephibosheth now when Mephibosheth the son of David the son of Saul had come to David he fell on his face and prostrated himself and David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered and he said, here's your servant. He said, do not fear. He said, I will surely show kindness. Show you kindness. For Jonathan, your father's sake. Watch this. And I will restore you. Hmm, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. Woo. Yeah. I want to talk about that table for a minute. If you notice my little illustration here, he said, "I'm gonna show you kindness," and he said, "You're gonna eat bread." Pardon me. Tell I ain't used to this. He said, "You're gonna eat bread," continually. Is 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 uh, sparkling? Martinez, let me go ahead and clarify that. Mm-hmm. It's a whole nother sermon, but anyhow, he said, "You will eat bread at my table continually." And what you have to understand is when Dave, when you t- when you talk about the king's table, now this table was a whole lot bigger than this one. But every king's table and every king's spread, no matter what was found on that table, there were two essentials that was always at that table. There was always wine or grape juice, Martinelli's or the juice of the vine. And there was always bread at the king's table. You may not find Twinkies, you may not find donuts, you may not find, but the one thing that I don't care if there was nothing else on that table, you would always find bread and you would always find wine at the king's table. And he said, Mephibosheth, come on, because you're going to eat from my table continuously from this day forward. What was he saying? What was the message that he was given to a lame man from Lodibar who had been paralyzed all his life and dropped by his past? He said, when you come to my table, here's the significance. He said, there's wine and there's bread. When he said there's wine, it represented the blood of Jesus. See, really what you have is a small communion table. It had wine which represented the blood. And the Bible declares in Revelation that we are overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. The Bible said that we overcome the serpent. We overcome Satan by the power of the blood of Jesus. Come on. And the word of our testimony. Matter of fact, Luke ten nineteen says this. I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. Where does that power come from? It comes from the precious blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross. Oh, can I just preach here. See, understand. Understand. Think about that. The blood is what overcame the serpent. You see the cobra. Have you ever not understand? The cobra is still considered one of the most deadliest poisonous snakes in the world. One bite can take you out and kill you just like that. This snake is most prevalent, prevalent in India if you study it out. But Joel, they said, they said that there's in India that the government discovered one time That the snake was biting a certain breed of horses called the Belgian horse. And every time it would bite that horse, the horse would just shake it off. It would bite it again, but the horse would shake it off. And no matter how much venom it injected in that horse, it never had effect on the horse. Because it was something in the blood of the horse Oh my God, that when the poison got in the bloodstream, the bloodstream in the horse was stronger than the poison that was injected by the snake and what they decided. If that blood can stop the poison of a snake, if anybody is bitten by the cobra, now we have a serum or a solution for the bite of the cobra. I want to tell you that long time ago, back in the book of Genesis, this, oh God, humanity was bitten by a snake called Satan. And the Bible said that death and sin reigned for a thousand years. You know why it reigned? Because there was no one mm -hmm, there was no horse there was no serum, there was no come on, there was no medication that can combat the death that had now come upon all men but I want to tell you today about 2,000 years ago it wasn't a horse but it was the Lamb of God that stepped on the scene and he looked Satan in the face and he said bite me with everything you got, inject me with iniquity, inject me with sin, inject me with addiction, inject me with bondage, because the blood in me is greater than the poison in me, and today I can partake of the blood of the Lamb that cleanses me from all of my sins. Can somebody give Jesus a praise for the blood? Oh, the precious blood, what can wash away my sins? What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. He said there's bread, b- blood, but then he said there's bread. Bread is my downfall, bread. Because see, something about bread. Man, you may not have meat, but if you have bread, (laughs) you can get full off this stuff. It don't take much. You can make a meal out of bread and juice. In other words, it, rep- it represents fulfillment or it represents provision or it represents the blessing of God. Um, because, see, he said, I, the thief come not but to steal, kill and destroy. Watch this. But I came that you might have life and have it to the full. <laughs> There's nothing like a good bread will make you full. In other words, it represents the full provision and blessing of God that also came through Jesus when he died on the cross see it wasn't just the blood to forgive us and cleanse us and give us power over the enemy but the word salvation means in in its original text is the word sozo in other words it means my whole being is to be saved in other words not just my spirit but my soul my mind my body it means to be not lacking anything. Nothing missing or nothing broken. He said my body was broken so your body didn't have to be broken. Matter of fact, every place that his body was broken represents a breakthrough in your and mine's body. And he said my body was broken. I paid the full price that your soul, that your spirit and your body can be whole and well. That's why I will always pray for healing. That's why I always pray for deliverance in the mind and in the emotions because he didn't just die for my spirit he died for every part of me come on give Jesus a shout of praise now I'm almost done that was my introduction I'm just playing because see that was on the table but could you imagine imagine He's standing back saying, That's good. That's great. But remember, he was lame. And so, notice, more than likely, he couldn't get to that table by himself. He was, you know, and I'm not trying to make fun, but it was, a, but the king came, and said, Let me help you to your seat. Mm hmm. I'm struggling. I'm struggling with certain situations I'm, I'm struggling I'm, I'm, I feel stuck and I can't move and I feel, but the king knows how to come alongside of you and say let me help you to your seat see there's wine or blood and bread but see I know many of you like to teach your kids respect and good ethics and everything And my kids know that I don't care what's on the table. Before you partake of anything, you must first say Because see, this wasn't just a a table that had the blood or the vine or the table that had the bread. But it was also a table of grace. Because notice that when he took his seat at the table... <laughs> you would not know if Mephibosheth was lame. You wouldn't know that he had a problem in his feet. You wouldn't know of things that are going on underneath there, because why? It's covered by grace. Mm-hmm. It's it's under the blood. It's under the blessing. And it's covered by grace. And so when Mephibosheth sat at the table with everybody else in the king's court, he looked just like everybody else did. Because that's what grace does. It evens the playing field. Good God. Because we all need grace. See, he didn't get to the table by himself. Because that's why the Bible said we are saved by grace and not by work. He couldn't work himself to this table. The king had to bring him to the table and when the king brought him to the table he know that he didn't get what he got in his own strength and ability he knew it was nothing but the grace of God that has covered me and kept me and now showing me kindness I got a thought see it made sense to me now Joel something see the Bible said in Matthew 15 that there was a woman. Watch this: a Syrophoenician woman, who the Bible says she came to Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, thou Son of David, have mercy on me! Have mercy! Have mercy on me! My daughter's demon possessed. My daughter is bound. I need you to heal her. And the Bible said he answered her not a word. And the old religion, the, the disciples said, "Shut up and get somewhere and sit down." Get away from here. Get away from here. Get away. And she stopped. And the Bible says she fell down at his feet and began to worship. Said, Jesus, please save my daughter. Please, 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 please save my daughter. Please save my daughter. Deliver my daughter. Set her free. And Jesus said, listen here, ma'am. You got to understand. This bread is for the children. This bread belongs to the children of covenant, the children of promise. And he said, "I can't dare give this bread to the dogs." But the woman said, "You're right." Said truth. She said, "But even watch this." She said, "Even the dogs, watch this, will eat crumbs from the master tables." Notice the most time when you eat bread. Notice where crumbs fall if I'm eating it. Notice where the crumbs are. The crumbs. Are under the table. See, I used to preach that it was all about if she can just get a crumb, that would be enough. But what I understand now, Jabin, it wasn't the crumb that she was trying to get. She said, just let it fall under the table. Because if the crumbs are under the table and I get under the table, <laughs> I'm under the blood. I'm under the whole loaf and I'm under His grace. Just let it fall from the table. Who am I preaching to today? Somebody just needs to get under the table. The blessing is under the table. The joy is under the table. Salvation is under the table. Grace is under the table. Quit worrying about the crumb and what you don't have. And just get under grace and the blood will cover you. The bread will bless you. And his grace will be sufficient to you. Because the king wants to show you kindness. Give him praise today right now. Come on, give him praise for his grace give him praise for his blood give him praise for his bread come on I want you to give a shout of praise to a kind king that loves you to a kind king that's for you to a kind king that wants to bring you out of Lordy Bar and get you back on your feet again thank you Jesus that blessed me that woman said it don't matter I just need to get under that table cause if I get under the table I'll be under everything God has for me. I'll be under His blessing. I'll be under His blood. And I'll be under His provision. Because when I get under His table, the King is going to show me kindness like never before. Aren't you thankful for a kind King today that desires to show you kindness? With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one leaving, no one moving. The King is ready to show some people kindness today. There's some people in here that are lame and in loaded bar, <sighs> been paralyzed by sin. You've been sitting at the wrong table. You've been eating from the wrong table. You've been eating and graving and and, and 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 consuming the things of this world that is fleeting and and it hasn't been fulfilling because you're still empty on the inside because you hadn't been at the right table. When you get at this table, there's a cleansing. When you get at this table, there's a fulfilling. When you get at this table, there's a covering that comes upon your life. And there's eternal security that you can experience. But first, like Mephibosheth, notice, the Bible said he fell prostrate. He had to humble himself and say, I'm lame. I'm in Lodebar. And I realize I can't get to where I need to be unless the king comes alongside of me. And today the king is here. And he's saying, will you allow me to show you kindness? With every head bow and every eye